0: This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. I'm on a series this month, Keys to Love Like God. Amen. And I'm going to say this, love is powerful, the most powerful force in the universe. Amen. Do you believe that today? Yes, and um, And so... Today, I want to talk to you about the, the love part of God that, that really, I think, I believe it's the pinnacle of our salvation, and this is the power of forgiveness, the power of forgiveness. And uh, you know, uh, Jesus paid the price, he shed his blood on Calvary for, to forgive us. Is that powerful? The Bible talks about in Hebrews that it says that our lawless deeds he will not remember anymore. That's powerful. Why, is, why does God want to remove, uh, you, know, our, you know, when he forgives us, what he's doing is he's removing that sin that blocks us from having a relationship with him. Okay. Amen. Sin destroys our relationship with the Father and destroys our relationship with people. And we got to be very careful that, that we're getting the sin out of our lives. Amen? So I want to talk to you today about, about forgiveness, the power of forgiveness. And there's lots of people in the body of Christ, I believe, that, that, that I believe still walk in some degree of unforgiveness. And I'm going to say this, that if you're going to walk in the power of God's love, if you're going to be like God you're going to have to learn to forgive and forget. Amen. Can I say that again? Amen. We're going to have to learn to forgive. And I'm going to say this. It's not easy forgiving. Because when people hurt you, that hurt sometimes lingers. It does, you, you just don't get hurt for a brief moment and it leaves you. Sometimes hurt can stay for months and even for years. Can I get a witness in the house today? Yeah. And so and so and so really, uh, uh, unforgiveness will hurt our relationship with the Father and hurt, hurt our relationship with other people, and uh, and really it will it will cause the devil to steal the word from us. So when we're walking in in offense or unforgiveness, the devil can steal the word from us. In Mark four five and six. This is a scripture dealing with uh, the parable of the sower sowing the seed. And this is the second soil. And here it says in Mark 4, 5, and 6, it says, And some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth, but immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it scorched it, and because it had no root, it withered away. And then Jesus explains to us what this parable this part of the parable means and he said uh, in Mark 4 verse 17 and, ha- and have no root in themselves so they endure but for a time and afterward when affliction and persecution arises for the word's sake immediately they are offended. So we see here that offense can come a- different ways. People can offend us. sometimes God, people get offended with God. Sometimes people get offended with uh, maybe the trials and the tribulations that we encounter. And we tend to sometimes get offended. And some people that have this theology that God is behind everything, working everything, and and nothing goes by God unless it happens, uh, that's wrong theology. That's wrong theology. God is in control, but he doesn't control everything that's happening in our lives. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody today. God is in control to the degree that we give him control. Can I get, can I get a witness now and say, God is only in control of what we allow him to control in our lives. And sometimes we get this idea where whatever you go through, God is... It, he's ordaining what we go through. That's not true. Whatever we go through, sometimes it's because of our own mistakes. Sometimes we don't do some things right. It's called you, you reap what you sow. <laughs> it, it's, it's a law. What we do can come back. If it's positive, it can come back positive. If we're doing negative things, It can come back negative. So so God is not controlling every aspect of our life. That's why there's laws in place. And if you violate laws, the laws of God, if you violate the laws of love, then that's when the curse can come in. Amen. So so just because something's happening to you, you got to think about it. The devil could be attacking you. Randomly, because he's going to try to attack our lives, especially when we're doing what's right. When the, de- the devil will attack you when you're doing what's right. He's going to try to hinder you from moving forward. And then sometimes we reap what we sow because we, do, we make wrong choices, wrong decisions, and then we reap bad consequences. Amen. So you got the devil and then that... Uh, but God is not here to put us through a trial. He's here to get us out of the trial. Do you believe that today? And so it says here that, that some of them are, are offended. They get offended because they start walking with God. And they, start, they believe in the message of tithing. And so they tithe that first week and their refrigerator breaks down that week. And then they say, well, the tithing doesn't work. No, it's the devil testing them to see if they're going to continue in the faith, to see if, if God's word is true, and God's word is true, regardless of the circumstances that we're dealing with. So the enemy is going to try to do everything he can to make you think that God's word is not true, but it's true, regardless of what's happening in our lives. Do you believe that today? Amen. And so it says here that that because of affliction and persecution arises, people are offended. And when people get offended, they shut down. Amen? And we got to be very careful with offense. Amen? Uh, It says here that if we get offended and then we go into unforgiveness, it will cause the word of God to dry up in our lives. And so we got to make sure that we keep the word watered with walking in love towards the lord and towards others jesus said in the end days that people's hearts will grow cold amen there's lots of people that's not you know that are christians not not even going to church anymore you know that well and they, because they were offended in church they got offended with a message and they say, "Well, I don't. I can have God, but I don't need church. Wow. You need church. Yes, yes. If you, if you, you need God and you need people. Yes. Nobody's an island. We need each other. Yes, right. You can't do this walk, this Christian walk, by yourself. You think I can, just me and God? Just me and God, Pastor? No, it's not. It, it's it's not a solo race. Amen." It, it, it's a, we, we run this race together, and so we need each other in the body of Christ. Remember when Jesus, remember when Jesus sent his disciples out? He sent his disciples out to, to pray for the sick, to raise the dead. Do you remember that? And, and he sent them out, but he didn't send them out one by one. He sent them out two by two. Why did he do that? Because he knew that we needed each other. Why would Jesus have uh, 12 disciples that he raised up? Why didn't Jesus just do it by himself? <laughs> because he needed a team. And I'm going to say this. You're, uh, the dream team is my team. You guys are my team. Uh, hopefully I'm helping you and I'm pushing you up higher in God. And you are pushing me up higher in God. Every time you show up, I'm like excited. Glory to God. Amen. And, uh, and uh, I love it when you guys come to church. And, and I notice when people are missing. Amen. That's when I start calling people. Where were you at? Glory to God. And so, and so we need to understand this, that, 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 that we need each other. And the enemy's trying to get us offended. And the Bible says in the last days, people's hearts will grow cold. Say, that's not me. And in Matthew 24, 10 through 12, and this is Jesus speaking. He says, and that many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. That word many is coming up a lot. Amen. Many will be offended. Amen. Many uh, uh, people will walk in lawlessness. And it, says, and it says here that, that many uh, will walk in love and will abound. And the love of many, notice that, the love of many will grow cold. So what is the enemy trying to do in the last days? He's trying to get, our, he's trying to get us hard. The enemy's trying to get our, heart, our hearts hard and try to get us not trusting anymore. And, and I'm going to say this, if you're going to walk in love, you have to trust God, and you have to give some degree of trust to people. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You have to lend a little bit of trust. You, you got to trust God. And I know the Bible says, you know, there's a scripture that says, trust God and, and be careful about trust, putting your trust in man. I know that. But you still have to lend a little bit of trust with people that you're in relationship with. Because if you have no trust in people you have a relationship with, how can you have a relationship Amen. When trust is broken, that destroys a relationship. Is that true? When we break trust in a relationship, that's when the relationship breaks down. And so we got to be very careful that we don't break trust in a relationship. Sometimes when we get hurt or offended, sometimes we, we, we tend to say negative things. I call that venting. Have you ever vented about a circumstance or a situation that happened to you that was wrong? And sometimes we can go negative. I'm going to say, try to stay positive. Amen? Try to, try to go positive. Don't go negative. Because the enemy is going to try to get us speaking negative And we don't want to agree with people's problems. We want to pray for people's problems. Whenever you talk about people's negatives or their problems, we're agreeing with their problems. But what we need to be doing is praying for their problems. Can I preach to somebody today? In other words, don't be focused on your spouse's negative issues. Focus on your spouse's good traits. Don't focus on your spouse's negative. Everybody has good traits. And everybody has some negative traits. Can I get real with you this morning? None of us are perfect. That's why God, he doesn't call silver vessels. He doesn't call gold vessels. He, he calls crackpots. <laughs> we're crackpots. What does that mean? That We've all still got some issues in us. Some of us might have some, some issues in sin in our life and some of us that don't have sin might be too, a little too legalistic. In other words, we might be a little too judgmental. Mm, I'm preaching to somebody today. Amen. In other words, we got to be careful that we're not judging people for their sin because, too harshly because we could possibly walk in that same sin. Is that right? So we've got to be very careful. In other words, it's better to lend some grace and some mercy than some judgment. Amen. Glory to God. So we got to be very careful. And I, I do this. Sometimes when I'm hurt, I want to talk about the pain. I want to talk about what people did. But, but what we need to do is be praying for them and believing that God's going to bring them out of whatever negativity that they're into. In, uh, in Ephesians four twenty nine and 32, this is powerful. This is about walking, say walk in the spirit. See, the key to walking in the blessed life is to walk in the spirit of the Lord. Amen. The Bible says they that are led by the spirit of God, they are sons of God. So uh, my goal every day, are you ready for my goal? My goal is to walk in the spirit of the Lord. I don't want to walk in the flesh. Flesh is death. The spirit is life. Amen. So my goal every day is to walk in the spirit of God. If you're walking in the spirit, you're walking in love. Yeah. 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 If, you're, if you're out of love, you're walking out of the spirit. Amen? Is that, is that true? Yeah. So God is love. Amen? And so, and so I love this. So in Ephesians... To, for us to walk if we this these you could say these are points of walking out of the, the spirit in the flesh, it says here in Ephesians four twenty-nine and thirty-two, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for the necessity, edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So 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 Paul is exhorting us to not to allow any corrupt communication or negative words come out of our mouths, especially about people. Amen. Let's not do that. And he says here that 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 the words that we speak should always be, bring grace should always bring grace. So so when you're speaking to your spouse, are your words of grace or are they words of condemnation? Are you hearing what I'm saying today? When you're speaking to people, your children, are they words of grace or or, or, or are we nitpicking? Amen. And so somebody say words of grace. Amen. And so and so the key is to walk in the spirit. So so so. And then it says here that if we are speaking wrong things out of hurt, it says that we can actually grieve the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. See, the Holy Spirit. Can I get out of my seat this morning? The Holy Spirit produces the fruit of the spirit in our lives. And so if I'm grieving the Holy Spirit, what does that shut down? Peace. If I'm grieving the Holy Spirit, what does that shut down? My joy. If I, are you hearing what I'm saying today? My peace gets shut down. My joy gets shut down. If I'm grieving the Holy Spirit, it does not produce the fruit of the Spirit in my life. And I've got to have the fruit working. I've got to have the joy in my life. I gotta have the peace in my life. I gotta have the love in my life. And I don't wanna shut down that, cut the Holy Spirit power off in my life. I gotta have the Holy Spirit working in my life. Something on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. I wish I could sing. (laughs) I got the Holy Ghost on the inside. (laughs) we got the Holy Ghost on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in our lives. And you've got to work. Yeah, have you ever heard somebody say, work with me? Yeah. Have you ever heard that? Work with me. We've got to work with God. We've got to align ourselves with the Lord. We've got to work with him. We can't. If, listen, you're not working with God if you're blaming God for your problems. You're not working with God if you're blaming other people for your problems. You're not working with God if you're not confessing your sins and you're trying to cover them up. The Bible says they that don't forsake and confess their sins, they will not prosper. And I don't know about you, but I want to prosper. I wanna, if I mess up, I want to fess up. I want to be honest. You know my 11th commandment. Doubt shalt not fool thyself. In other words, you need to be honest with yourself. You need to be honest with God. We need to be transparent people. Glory to God. So we don't want any corrupt communication coming out of mouth. And then in verse 31, it says, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. So w- when we get hurt, when we get offended, what comes out is bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking. Amen. That comes out of offense. Amen. Boy, it's quiet in this Methodist church today. Amen. <laughs> It's quiet in this Methodist church That comes out when we get offended. I've been hurt before. And it's, it's painful. Oh my Lord Jesus. Sometimes getting hurt emotionally is worse than getting hurt physically. Sometimes getting hurt physically, I'd almost rather get punched in the stomach. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because that goes away after a couple of minutes. But sometimes when you get punched in the heart... Man, it can last for days. For some people, it can last for decades. Okay. I remember one lady that was dealing with something. And she was dealing with, with offense. She went through a divorce and she was dealing with offense with her ex-husband. And the Lord revealed to her that she needed to forgive her ex-husband that, that, that treated her wrong, that cheated on her, mm-hmm. that, that, that did her down and dirty. And she didn't realize that she was walking in a fence for years over her ex-husband. And the Lord said, you need to release this to walk in healing. I think to, to, to walk that you deal with some kind of health issues. And, and she wrote a letter to her ex-husband and said, I forgive you. Powerful. It takes a heart of love and Mercy. To forgive somebody. Yeah. Amen. When they do you wrong. Amen. When they despitefully use you and persecute you. It takes a heart of love and mercy to forgive. Amen. Is that right? Yeah. And, so, and so we got to be very careful. That word malice means intent to hurt. Sometimes we get hurt over wrong actions of another person. And we want them to experience some measure of pain for the pain they inflicted on us. Can I get, can I talk to somebody today? When somebody hurts you, you want them to be hurt back. I'm getting real now. I'm, I'm, I'm i do you, you, you want, you, when somebody, when you get hurt, sometimes with your spouse, you get in an argument, your spouse says something that offends you or hurts you. Sometimes you go on the silent Treatment. You don't talk to your spouse for the next couple of hours. What? Or days. Somebody said, Or oh, days. Amen. Why? What are you trying to do? You try to reveal to them, You hurt me, I'm hurting you, and I'm not making you any dinner. You know? Why? Because when we are hurt, we want the, 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 the one that offends us to be hurt as well. Have you ever heard the word justice? We want justice, don't we? We're in a a system. When somebody hurts, we want justice. Amen? Are are you hearing what I'm saying today? Human nature wants justice. But God has a higher law than justice. Mm. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody today. There's a higher law than justice. What's that higher law? Mercy. Mercy is a higher law than justice. Can I give you case in point this morning? See, when that lady that was thrown in front of Jesus and she was caught in the very act of adultery, the law said, justice, she should be stoned. That's justice. That's law. She should be stoned. And they threw her in front of Jesus. And Jesus was a word man. He preached the truth. He knew the law. And so they threw this lady and they said, Justice should be served. And then Jesus said, He without sin throw or cast the first stone. Jesus used the law against them because if anyone acted like they had no sin then they would be saying they're perfect, and then they would have to be stoned from claiming to be perfect. So she used the law against them, and they all dropped it from the eldest to the youngest, dropped their stones. Sometimes when people do wrong things to us, and we have stones of criticism, some of us might just need to drop them, drop them down at our side. Instead of throwing those stones. And Jesus said to this lady, when he could have said, justice needs to be served, Jesus could have picked up a stone and he could have hurled it at her. But he said, where are your accusers? And she looked up and she said, I see none. And he said, neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. What, What am I saying to you this morning? I'm saying that mercy is a greater law than justice. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? We need to be merciful people. Yes. We need to learn to be merciful people. Why? Because we serve a merciful God. And mercy is basically, uh, it's, it's not getting what we, re- we deserve. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. What do we deserve? Hell. <laughs> we don't deserve heaven. If you think you deserve heaven, (laughs) you're in trouble. No, heaven is a grace gift. It's the grace of God that gives us heaven. It's the grace of God that forgives our sins. It's the grace of God. We don't deserve heaven. We don't work for heaven. We believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He paid the price. Justice was served when Jesus went to the cross. Jesus went to the cross in our place and paid for our sin. Yes. Justice was served. So now we have mercy. And now we have grace. Yes. And that's what we need to be lending to others. Mercy and grace. Amen. 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 I love this. I love this message today. Uh, this, is for, this is for pastor. Amen. Amen. Because sometimes I can be quick to judge. Amen. Amen. And I love this because it says here in James 2.13, For judgment is without mercy to the one who shows no mercy. But mercy triumphs over judgment. So I'm going to say this. God's nature is mercy and not judgment. That's His nature. He's a merciful God. That's why the Bible says if you don't want to be judged by God... It says, judge yourself. If you judge yourself, you won't be judged. In other words, if you allow the Word of God to judge your heart, your motives, your actions, and you see there's areas in your life that you need to adjust, then uh, uh, repent, repent doesn't mean, I'm sorry. (laughs) And keep doing it again, over and over again. Amen? I remember the, the lady that, that, was, that, 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 uh, that asked forgiveness for her, her, her ex. Her ex, you know, cheated on her. And then he, she, he, she, uh, she went to a restaurant. He, he played a song. And it was a, it was a song that said, I'm sorry. And, but, but he was sorry, but he just, he, that dirty rat, he just kept cheating. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? People can say they're sorry, but are they going to keep going in the wrong direction? No, you've got to stop sometime. You gotta it can't be I'm sorry and keep going in the wrong direction. It's I'm sorry and I'm going to stop. I'm not going there anymore. Amen. And so and so we gotta get that revelation. And and I love this mercy. Triumphs over judgment. And Ephesians 4.32 says it this way. Be kind to one another. Tender hearted now, now underline this. Forgiving one another. Even as God in Christ forgave you. Amen. This is powerful. Because I'm going to say this. You're not, there's going to be some time. You might not be walking. You may not be hurt right now. You may not be offended right now. But wait. There's going to be an opportunity down the road. Just wait. There will be an opportunity for you to be hurt and for you to be offended. You may not be offended. You might say, I'm good, Pastor. I'm walking a lot of love. I've got this love thing down. (laughs) Nobody hurts me. Just wait. Somebody's going to do something that's going to ruffle your feathers. That's going to rub your fur the wrong way. If you're rubbing the cat the wrong way, just turn them around. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> just turn the cat around. Amen. But somebody's going to rub your fur the wrong way. And and the, the day that I, I used to say, man, I've been walking in love. Man, I've been feeling pretty good. When I said, man, I think I got this love thing down. That's when something goes down. And I'm like, oh, that anger rises up. You ever get angry? <laughs> You get angry, that anger rises up in you. Amen. And we got to make sure that our anger is a righteous anger. Amen. That not un- the Bible says the anger of man does not bring the salvation of God. Amen. And so, so we got to be very careful about that. And so be, let's say this again. Be kind to one another. tenderhearted, Forgiving one another. Even as God, Christ in, even as God in Christ forgave you. How do we forgive others? We forgive as Jesus forgave us. Amen? I love this. It says this in Psalms 103. It said, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. Has he not dealt with See, if you read the Old Testament, it seemed like God was mad a lot. Yeah, have you ever read the Old Testament? It's Like, God's angry all the time in the Old Testament. He wants to wipe people out left and right. Have you ever read that? Well, in the Old Testament, was under the law. You know, we're under grace now. Thank God we're not under the law, because some of us would have been wiped out a long time ago. Somebody say, thank God I'm under grace. I'm not under the law. Amen? But God was like, you know, man, sh- you messed up. Done. Glory to God. But now we got the grace. Amen. Somebody say, I have the grace. And it says, He he has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is His mercy towards those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He... I love this. So far has He removed our transgressions from us. I love that. Our lawless deeds He will not remember Anymore. It says that in Hebrews. I love that. God chooses not to remember our sins. How do you keep the, the, the righteousness of God, how do you keep it working in your life? Keep walking in the light. That's how you keep the forgiving power of God. Keep walking in love. Because the only sin I read in the Bible that God doesn't forgive you of is the sin of unforgiveness. Have you ever read that? If you don't forgive, the Bible says God won't forgive you. That's powerful. All I want to know is I want to walk in some love and forgiveness. Amen. Love has, I'm going to say this, love has to bring correction and judge people's actions in church to protect the church. Love has to bring correction at times. Sometimes, sometimes you might have to bring correction, parents, to your children. Sometimes you might need to correct your children. You know, I know some people don't believe in spankings, but, but if you have a hard child yeah. that, that doesn't listen to you and that's really disrespectful, you might need to spank them. If, if the words don't work, amen then you might need to apply, you know, the, 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 the paddle, the seat of higher learning, uh, you know, to their blessed assurance. Yeah. Amen. Amen. The Bible says the, the person that doesn't discipline their children hates their children. So we have times have to discipline, even though we don't want to, but discipline is good. Amen. If it's done the right way, and if it's done in love. And so, and so we have to discipline. Sometimes you have to discipline people in church. I hate doing that. But sometimes you got to do it. It's, a nece- it, it, it's necessary for the, for the body to grow and move forward. In 1 Corinthians 5, there was a guy that was having sexual relations with his mother-in-law. And this is pretty bad. And Paul said in the Corinthian church, they were acting like it was no big deal. And I'm going to say this, sin is a big deal. Amen. Don't act like sin is not a big deal. Oh, it's not that big a deal. make light. Don't make light. And so Paul was saying, you guys are making light of sin in First Corinthians 5 1 and 2. He's saying you guys are making light of it. And then he says, he says, you should remove this man from your fellowship. Mm-hmm. Why? Because if you go on acting like what he did is okay, he could keep doing it. Yeah. And he keeps doing it, he can keep hurting people. And he keeps hurting people, then there's going to be problems. And sometimes you've got you to have hard love, tough love. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? To bring people back to a revelation that what they're doing is wrong so they can repent, truly repent, stop doing the wrong things, and start doing the right things. And so this man was doing the wrong things. And, in, in, in First Corinthians, uh, and then in 2 Corinthians, the story picks up where this man repented, he severed his relationship, and he tried to come back to the church, and, and the church was kind of, kind of being negative towards the guy. And Paul said to this man, bring the man back in. He has repented, he had turned from that relationship, and, 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 and forgive that man. So there is a time to, to practice tough love But there's a time to bring people back into the fold. Can somebody say God is the God of the second chance? And I'm so thankful for that because if he wasn't, I'd be in trouble. Pastor would be in trouble. And thank God that God's the God of the third chance. Why? Because if he wasn't, Pastor would be in trouble. And thank God that God is the God of the fourth chance. As long as you keep coming back to God and you repent sincerely and you ask God's forgiveness and you say, God, help me not to go in those areas anymore. I'm, I'm sincere in my, in my trusting you and repentance. Then God will forgive you, wash you, cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Glory to God. So when people truly repent and truly turn from their wicked ways, we can, we can embrace them back into the fold. Can I get a witness Amen. Th- today? Amen? And so you need to learn to forgive your spouse, your kids, people that you're in relationship with. I love what it says in Ephesians. It says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water of the word. Apostle Paul is exhorting husbands to love their wives. And he's saying to husbands, you need to live this level of love where it's a sacrificial love and that you're willing to do whatever it takes to keep harmony in the relationship. That means you may have to lay down your own personal needs for your spouse. People don't want to hear that. Can I get a witness in the house today? And and Paul says, "Love your wives." Why? He never tells the wives to love their husbands. He tells the wives to respect their husbands. That's right. That's right. That's right. right. If the if the husband's loving the wife, the wife will have no problem respecting the husband. But if the husband's not loving the wife, the respect is out the door. Am I preaching to somebody today? (laughs) The respect is out the door. Is that right? I'm telling you, what's the woman's greatest need is love. What's the man's greatest need is honor, respect. Men die for it. Babies cry for it. Amen. Aww. Honor, respect, recognition. So, so, so we need to get a revelation of that. Uh, one way uh, to sh- we got to show our, our, our love to our kids, how we do that. It says, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up. In, in the training and the admonition of the Lord. Now, let me just try to finish this up now. Uh, forgiveness is not the compromise of morals. If I forgive this person, they will think what they've done is okay. No. You forgive them not for their sake. You forgive them for your sake, but in a sense, You do forgive them for their sake because when you forgive them, that releases God to work on their hearts. If you hold the offense against them, it keeps God from moving on that situation. Jesus said the sins that you forgive people, they will be forgiven. And the sins that you retain, they will be retained. He said that when he came back to his disciples in his glorified body. That was the first thing he talked about was forgiveness. Think about that. And, so, and so, so forgiveness is not compromising morals. Number two, forgiveness is not violation of justice. If I forgive them, then they're getting away with it. No. Forgiveness, God is the ju- just judge, and he will judge them. It says, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, Romans 12, 19, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay back. The Lord can repay back people that do you wrong. I remember a man that took advantage of me in Bible college, and, and he and he and he uh, he me out of some money, and I gave him some money. And then I realized after I gave it to him that he he worked us he worked it out where he where he connived me out of my money, and I gave it was a hundred dollars, but at that time I was poor. <laughs> $100 is a lot of money to me. And so, and then I realized it. I said, man, you, 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 you befriended me just to get the $100. And he said, well, forgive me. And the Bible says, if I ask forgiveness, you got to forgive me. That's what the word God says. <laughs> but he never gave me my $100 back. <laughs> Think about that. And this guy was a rascal. He was a second-year student in Bible college thinking you could trust people. you got to be able to trust somebody that goes to Bible school. And then I saw him years, and I was angry with this guy for years. I remember going in to, uh, to a winter Bible seminar, and, and one year I kept running into him. I'm like, oh my Lord Jesus, I have thousands of people in this, and I kept bumping into him. But then he, he said to me that he had a heart attack, and that, that he went through all this stuff in his life. Why? Because he was sowing bad seed. God will judge. Amen. You don't have to judge people. God will judge them. You release them to God. Amen. Uh, Number three, forgiveness is not avoiding conflict. Well, I'm just letting it go and I'm going to avoid the conflict. No, no, no. In forgiveness, you're going to have to confront people. You can't just shut it down. Just confront them. And it says here, moreover, if your brother sins, Matthew 18, 15, if moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault. You need to talk to your brother. Go and tell him between you and him alone. If he hears you and he repents, you've gained your brother. It doesn't say repent, but basically that's what it's saying. If he hears you and he he repents and he's remorseful and he's uh, of the circumstance or situation, then, then there can be some restoration there. Amen. Amen? But if he doesn't, then there's no restoration at all. Amen? But on your side, you can let it go. But God will judge. Somebody say, God will judge. Amen. Number four, forgiveness is not automatic trust. When somebody does you wrong, they break your trust. And when you forgive them, doesn't mean that you automatically trust if they're going you know, to do right. So trust has to be built with people that do wrong. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So you can't always like like, like if, 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 if a person's committing infidelity in a relationship, they're committing adultery, and then they ask forgiveness and they keep going, you know, and then you're going to see if they're going to do right and they keep doing wrong, then that trust is always going to be broken, and it's, going to, it's not going to ever be repaired, amen? Number five, forgiveness is not absence of pain. Just because we forgive doesn't mean pain is going to be taken away. We still may be dealing with pain from the hurt. So, so how do you get rid of the pain from the hurt that people inflict on you? How do you get rid of it? Well, I got two points here. I'm closing. Number one, to get rid of the pain, you have to ask God to help you heal your heart. God, help me in this situation to heal my heart. Over this circumstance. Help me. Ask God to help you. And number two. Pray for the one that offended you. Ask God to help them. Ask God to help you. And ask God to help them. And sometimes you think about what they did. And it brings anger to you. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. And you got to pray. Lord, help me to walk in love towards them. And, and help them to get out of their problem. Are oh, you hear what I'm saying today? Forgiveness is the release of debt. In other words, that person, when you forgive them, they owe you nothing. In unforgiveness, a person owes you. And when you are in unforgiveness, you feel that they owe you something. Two things, two things we do in releasing debt. We release the account to God and we release the person to God. I'm just saying it a little differently. We release the account to God, what they did, and we release the person to God. Peter asked Jesus in Matthew 18, 21, how many times shall I forgive my brother? Seven times? And Jesus said, not seven, seven times 70. That means, in a new, you know, that's 490 times. Well, after 490 times, they're done. No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying that we have to walk in love and forgiveness no matter. But they have to be repentant. But even if they don't repent over it, you still can forgive them. And God will judge them. Amen? So, so, so Jesus said if we don't forgive, the tormentors will come after us. If we don't forgive, in in this parable that Jesus talked about, the king that forgave the man that had all the debt, and then that man didn't forgive another person that had little debt, and then the king brought him back in and said, now now you're going to be thrown into prison, and the torturers will torture you. Uh, Unforgiveness will bring torturers in our life. Now, it's not the act that the person did to us that tortures us. It's the unforgiveness that we hold against the person. That tortures us. And we got to release the unforgiveness. And the Lord's Prayer, the Lord's Prayer, Jesus, there's an element in the Lord's Prayer where it talks about forgiveness. And I'm going to read the Lord's Prayer. It says, In this manner, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I bet you all could quote this. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. So notice it says, says we ask God's forgiveness first, but it's contingent on us forgiving others in this prayer. And forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. Notice the connection here. So the forgiving power working in our life is contingent On us forgiving others. Can I get a witness in the house today? And that is the key to walking in the love of God is learning to forgive. And you can forgive like Jesus. You know, Stephen was the first martyr of the church. And he he was preaching about Jesus to the Pharisees. And, uh, and he told them that they, were, they, were, they had stone hearts, and they were always resisting the, the, the Holy Spirit. And they got so mad at Stephen, they took up stones to stone him. And they took up stones, and he's the first martyr of the church. And they started hurling those stones at him. And, 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 and Stephen, uh, he says here in and, and, and Acts seven fifty nine through 60, And they stoned Stephen. And he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. When they were killing him, he was forgiving them. When people are trying to kill us, we need to be forgiving them. Forgiveness releases people of debt, Forgiveness releases people to God, and forgiveness releases me from tormentors. Did you receive it today? Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you for your mercies and your goodness and your love today. Father, I'm asking that you help each one of us to be merciful, loving, kind people that's willing to forgive. Help us not to hold aught or any hurt in our lives Help us to release it. And maybe, perhaps you're here in the audience, perhaps you're listening or watching, and you haven't asked God to forgive you of your sins. You haven't asked Jesus to come into your heart. Well, believing on the Lord Jesus Christ and receiving Him as your Lord and Savior removes the sin that that breaks the fellowship of the Father. And so I want to encourage you to pray this simple prayer and mean in your heart To have a relationship with God. Say, dear God, I believe, Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe, Jesus, you are raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.